you know, that's what our body needs just to function. And let's say that's 1500 calories. If you're eating less than 1500 calories and your body's not getting what it needs just to function optimally. It's just part of who I am. And if I don't do it, I can tell. I can tell I'm not as energized. I'm not as friendly. Um, it's just kind of the thing that's just become part of who I am. And I think you know, God's given me that desire and that passion. But I've always been involved in sports. And then, um, you know, I was actually pre-med in college. I wanted to go to med school. Um, and then decided that was not for me. But I was always fascinated by the body and how can we make it perform better. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. I have Jordan Whitehead on the podcast today. Jordan's a coach here at College Station CrossFit. She has a ton of great knowledge on the subject of nutrition and how you should be eating. You're gonna love listening to the podcast today, but she also shares her, her journey. So I hope you enjoy and learn a lot from today's episode. My name is Jordan Whitehead. I'm one of the coaches here at College Station CrossFit, married to Michael Whitehead. Um, he's a golfer. That's usually just how he introduces himself. He plays golf. Um, I work at Core Performance and Wellness as kind of the director of that and run all of our exercise physiology testing and nutrition coaching and those type of programs. So let's talk about Core first. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, Core is rather new. And I want to know, like, you were the one that basically started it, or not, not started. You, you were, you were the first, like, yeah. groundwork employee. Like, mm-hmm. you still kind of run the place. So, um, a lot of members have been going to check it out. But give me kind of an overview: how long it's been open, what your role is mm-hmm. there, what you've seen, or what y'all offer. A little more detail on that. Yeah. So we opened up in January as an extension of Central Texas Sports Medicine. So orthopedic practice and we wanted to add something new to the practice more of a holistic medicine so I was tasked with the responsibility of kind of developing this thing and it was supposed to be more women's wellness but they let me on it and I like sports so I got a little bit more exercise testing into it Um, and my role with it is to I mean kind of manage the day-to-day and all the kind of development of it as well as all of the exercise testing so that's the DEXA body composition resting metabolic rate uh, VO2 max, which no one ever wants to do. So if you want to come do it, just come do it. It's awesome. Uh, as well as some biomechanical screens, nutrition coaching, basically anything sports and exercise physiology I do there. And so what? how long has it been open? January of uh, this year. So 17. About so 10, 11 months. You're it's, almost your one-year birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and have you? would you say that um, the typical audience is that people that work out is it women is it like what's your it's it's all over we have definitely kind of a a female population um that does kind of more of the wellness type stuff although guys are definitely should do it too um but we also see a lot of athletes uh, who want to know okay where am i at with my fitness where am i at with my body composition what can i do to get better and it's athletes of all levels so we have people who are just starting and have no idea where to start and we have you know chris Rea in there and just wants to fine-tune things so you don't have to be like a games athlete. You could be, I've never run my life and I need to figure out what I need to do. Yeah. And you help with nutrition too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So give me kind of, cause I think that's, I think that's where you add a ton of value because you, you can add some metrics mm-hmm. that most people can't because of the tools that you have, DEXA scan, mm-hmm. resting metabolic rate. So, you know, if somebody wanted help with their nutrition because they, you know, they, they've tried the diet. (laughs) They've they've tried the, I'm just going to eat clean or paleo Mm -hmm. or, 
you know, what do you offer more than that? Yeah, I think what's neat about it is that we are able to come at it uh, with science, you know, figuring out what is your body fat, what types of body fat is it, you know, is it the dangerous type, that visceral, or is it just kind of the pinchable stuff we're all aware of? What is your metabolism? Are you under eating? Which we actually see most people are under eating, which they always raise their eyes at me like, no, there's no way. Um, but yeah, what I add, it's, it's, I'm very clear, I'm not a dietitian, you know, so I'm not doing any medical nutrition therapy, but my kind of whole thing is to develop habits that are going to be lifelong habits, not just, hey, let's 180 degree change your diet, you're going to not eat anything you like, you're only drinking water, and you're going to hate your life. It's let's pick one thing that we can do. Okay, let's add vegetables to every meal. And that's a huge step for a lot of people. And then kind of with accountability and coaching, kind of going alongside them and helping them develop these habits and learn, okay, what is good nutrition? What, you know, there's so many things out there. I've heard this and I've heard that. And it really is simple. You know, I know we've talked about it. Chris Mm -hmm. says it all the time. You know, it's one of my favorite quotes. It's that Ben Bergeron of, you know, eat real food, not too much and mostly plants. It's, you boil it down to that. It's simple, but still that, it's hard to get your mind around what that actually looks like in, in real life. So that's what I do. I walk along with them using their data that we're able to track um, and making sure that they are still eating enough food, um, but then really trying to just to create sustainable habits. And in that, in what you've been doing in that realm and nutrition, what would you say are probably some of the more common falls, faults, you know, just mistakes that people are making, mm-hmm. you know, like what, like, uh, let's say aha moments that you have with people that yeah. you see it all the time, but mm-hmm. you know somebody listening could be like doing something and they don't even know it. Yeah, I think uh, I think of three. You know, one is it's everyone's favorite one. It's just lack of consistency. Um, they're like, but I did this, and then I kind of keep track. We kind of see, okay, you know, are you is it eighty percent of the time you're following this? And they look at it like more like 50 and I'm like okay like now we can kind of get real about this and it's hard so I think lack of consistency um, under eating in general I think most people especially females that 1200 number gets uh, thrown out there and that's really not a lot of food especially for athletic females like if you're here doing CrossFit you're gonna need more food than that but we think that that's all I can eat and I'm afraid to go over that Um, and then third it would be not eating enough protein I would say 90% of the people I've worked with do not eat enough protein uh, because it's hard but it's just... I think we're about to drop tons of knowledge on our <laughs> listeners, so I want to unpack each of those. So I'll start with... Let's talk about that first one, because I think there's a lot of people that basically think they're doing what they hope to do more often than they're actually doing it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's mm-hmm. kind of like when you ask somebody, like, what you've eaten, or what do you eat regularly? And they basically tell you a perfect day that rarely ever happens, mm-hmm. right? So let's talk about kind of like when when you talk to somebody, mm-hmm. what does that process look like? Like you have them food journal. Yeah, uh, I like to have them food journal, whether that's on my fitness pal or that way I can just kind of look at it on my phone, um, which I think they're probably makes them nervous because I can check what they're doing mm-hmm. um, or food journaling and just really trying to open up their eyes to that. So one of the things I really like to do is have them food journal and then designate next to the food is that a carb is that a protein is that a fat and what's funny is when you do that they're like oh my gosh i had like 15 servings of carbohydrates today like that's a lot for most people and it's just like oh i'm eating more than i think or you know i don't maybe need this much so what i do is just try to get them to see it you know food journal and then we start to kind of unpack okay like what is one thing you can do to be more consistent today and it's i'm always about the one thing because that's manageable yeah you know i always joke that like i've said like 
10 billion times, I'm going to stop drinking coffee. If you know me, I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> and I'm, it, I get to like 10 a.m. And then I'm yeah. like, all right, coffee. <laughs> it's like, I can't do that. You have to start small. And so for the consistency thing, it's just let's write it out and let's be honest. I don't want you to change anything about what you're doing. And then let's, you know, let's, let's actually start doing some small little tweaking things that we can make it better. And then along with that, I really encourage them to do something with accountability. You know, like we did with the nutrition challenge here. If you don't have someone you're accountable to, it's just you're going to have a day where you don't care and you're going to eat whatever you want. Yeah. I love that one thing. I think that that's there's a book called The One Thing. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah. it, you know, the, the thesis statement is, and he's not talking about diet, but you can mm-hmm. apply it to diet, is like, what is the one thing that if you did that one thing by doing it, it'll affect everything. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. like for some people, it's like, what is the one thing that if you change that one thing, that by changing that one thing, it will impact everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And starting there. And so, second thing you talked about was 1,200 calories, yeah. low calories, yeah. not, you know, I, oh, Jordan, I could never eat 2,000 calories. Yeah. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that machine's wrong. <laughs> so, let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah, that machine's wrong. I'm getting the look like your machine doesn't work. And I'm like, it's just I'm doing something into way it. smarter it's than you, I am. Yeah, it's you're just, breathing it's, into it's its own it. Thing. Yeah, so I've had like the raised eye look at like there's no way I'm you know I can't do that. And I think there's just an overall fear of, of eating too much, and that's just our relationship with food as a society. I think we just have a lot of fear with it. Um, but it's just if, I think if I if I like to talk about resting metabolic rate, and you know that's what our body needs just to function. And let's say that's 1,500 calories. If you're eating less than 1,500 calories and your body's not getting what it needs just to function optimally. And so when I kind of start showing them that and then what kind of happens when we do that, that your body kind of slows down at metabolism to adapt, holds on to fat because there's more energy in fat, it wastes away protein, which is like what we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Once they kind of see that, like, okay, I'll try it. And then what I like to do is take very, very small baby steps. So if they're at 1,500 and I want them to eat 19, I'm like, okay, next week you're going to do 16. And then if you feel all right, we'll go up to 17. Um, but yeah, trying to just, you know, give them a little bit, not too much, because I can get the glaze look from people when I talk about science, but just give them just enough, like this is what happens when we don't eat enough. Um, and so again, for CrossFit, like I've even done it myself where I was still under eating, even though I was, I was eating above my metabolic rate by far, but I wasn't eating enough to recover. And just when we're not doing that, just we get more tired, lethargic, we don't see the results that we want to see. Um, you well, know. especially in CrossFit, it's demanding so much yeah. from your body. So why do you think people eat too little? Like, what is your thoughts on that? Uh, I think a lot of it is just lack of knowledge. It's what everyone says to do. You know, that's what they see on TV. That's what they see other people doing. So it's like, oh, if that works for her and she looks like that, then that's what I should eat. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's just not, it's just, I think, a lack of, of knowledge of what the body needs um, and a fear of if I eat 1,800 calories, then I'm going to blow up. But it's like... If you're if that's what your body needs and you're eating good quality eighteen hundred calories, like you'd be amazed at what your body can do. With it. Yeah, and I think I've seen too that people will sometimes pick and choose like Aggie football tailgating mm-hmm. day. You know, they're not that, so concerned yeah. about how many calories they're eating, yeah. but then because of that day that they consumed however many, who knows? Mm-hmm. Then the next three or four days, because they're so they're guilt feeling guilt and shame from that one day they eat nothing. Yeah only in a vicious cycle to do it all over again yeah. and you know kind of have that so the third thing you said you you see a lot of is um 
It was of uh, protein. protein. That's yeah. right. Not enough protein. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So that's just another thing. I mean, if if what we want is lean body composition and we want our metabolisms working, uh, we need protein. And proteins are used in just a numerous amount of ways in the body. Um, to just the way like energy processes and like the enzymes and the structure of all that and the structure of our bones and then obviously just building muscle. Like we need protein for that. Um, and a lot of people are like, okay, well, what about you know, the, the main one is, what about my kidneys? What if I eat too much? You'd have to eat a ton of protein to do that. And I'm not talking about that much. But even if, let's say, your body's able to use, I'm trying not to get too like detailed, but like 25 grams of protein at a time, it's able to process that. Even let's say maybe you eat something with 40 grams. Well, that other protein is still going, even might not get used for like muscle building. It's going to keep you full and it's going to be good quality uh, calories. It's not just, you know, junk food. Um, so it can actually help keep you full, can um, just, just a lot of different things. So I think just getting people to eat protein, um, if we could just do that, that would be phenomenal. That's usually the first thing I work on with people. And so is there a, a equation? Is there like a, a number of grams per yeah. body weight? What do you typically prescribe? I, I kind of float between uh, like 0.7 to like 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. So if you're like smaller, Maybe don't work out as much, you know, maybe 0.7 be fine. If you already have lower calorie goals anyways, then we don't want you to have to, you know, maybe yeah. do 1.2. But I, I hover for myself around a gram per pound of body weight. Um, and so where do you see most, uh, is this more an issue with women or men too? Both. Both. Okay. Most, so yeah. where do you see most people hanging out? Um, probably below 100, if mm-hmm. that. Um, and partly it's just because it takes prep. That's the reason I think people really struggle with it is because, like, how am I going to get protein for a snack in the middle of the day? Or I have to prep that. I don't want to do that. Um, and so it's just kind of that gets into, like, more of, like, meal prepping and that kind of thing, actually preparing for that. Because mm-hmm. um, it's just if you don't, that's the one. It's like you can get vegetables. You can get fat. Like, that's easy. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the protein ready, you're not going to hit it. And it just takes yeah. a little bit more mindfulness. So my usually my first thing is can you do protein with every meal? So just three meals. Let's just think. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Can you have it with there? You know, and then that's already, let's say if you have 25 grams, and then all of a sudden you get 75 grams just off that. Yeah, and starting, and when most people are probably barely getting enough at most meals. So what is some good ideas for people that have protein, like, throughout the day? Is there, you know... I think about people sometimes like, I don't like meat, you know, or, you know, I, I don't necessarily have vegetarian type, you know, or, or people that maybe they don't, they don't mind meat, but they don't like eggs, you know, it's like, what are some ideas that you give suggestions when it comes to protein? Yeah, I think that just a variety. So finding what you like is important. You know, if, if you hate chicken and the thought of eating chicken every day is like depressing, you're probably not going to stick with it. So finding something that for one you can enjoy and eat is a big thing. Um, and I think secondly is just, um, yeah, just making sure you have that on, on hand, whether it's, so if you don't like eggs, I think some, for some reason breakfast is always the weird one. Cause it's like, it has to be eggs or pancakes or whatever it is, oatmeal, mm-hmm. but it's like, you could have salmon in the morning with some vegetables. It doesn't look like breakfast, but if we just think of like, okay, we're trying to fuel ourselves, And if you enjoy that food, you can have it then. And mm-hmm. so I think doing that, um, you know, finding food that you like, it doesn't have to be the same as everyone else. I'm going to have yeah. chicken and rice. If I like fish, great. If you like eggs, yeah. great. If you like turkey, awesome. And so the, another thing y'all do is the food sensitivity mm-hmm. tests. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that for people in nutrition. Yeah, so that one's really neat just because, um, you know, it's different than food allergy. Food allergy is going to cause like an actual 
histamine reaction, you know, the, the tight throat, like some actual more dangerous stuff. Where a food sensitivity test, what it does is we're eating something constantly that's stressing our body and leading to, it could be anything, whether it's headaches, fatigue, uh, skin issues, joint pain, um, you know, there's a lot of different things food sensitivities can pop up as. And so when we test for that, we're able to see what are the, the common offenders and we need to just remove those for a period of time. So it doesn't have to be forever, but let's say you eggs, since that's the hot topic because someone was <laughs> difficult with eggs. He was very vocal about it. So um, didn't like the didn't news. like that one very much. He didn't the believe test my is test. Wrong. <laughs> and so we had him take it away and then you start to reintroduce that back. And what we see is a lot of time is just if you don't process something well, it can make you more fatigued. It can affect your performance. And so just learning, okay, what does my body handle and what doesn't it? We can kind of work around that. Outside of eggs, what's the other worst thing you've taken away from someone? Or the t- the test has told someone. Someone got coffee. Oh, man. And I was like, thank you, Lord, that was not me. I was convinced mine was going to be coffee. Um, that one was a big one. There's a I mean, gluten is always on there for uh-huh. people. Um, gluten. I had someone with uh, vanilla, and they ate a lot of vanilla. And this is all through blood work. Blood work, yeah. And then so, and then the other blood work test is the uh, deficiency. So talk about that one. That's probably my favorite test we do, just because I've seen personally, and and Michael's and my family, how that's helped um, just get people healthier. Uh, But that's looking for if you have any vitamins, minerals, amino acid deficiencies, um, and that that's big because let's say a lot of people have like maybe a vitamin B deficiency or borderline deficiency, and. If we're deficient in that, um, our energy processes, I can't also, I can't speak also, mm. our energy processes don't function optimally. Or for me, I actually was uh, deficient in a lot of amino acids, which means I wasn't recovering and I was actually losing muscle because my dex had told me that. And I was like, okay, I need to do something different. Um, so our, I mean, we need vitamins and minerals for every single process in the body. And if we're deficient in one, it's just not going to function as optimally. And, and so, when you find out this information, where do you get that stuff or what do you do? What do you, yeah. So what's nice about it is once you figure out what it is, rather than just going and taking random vitamins, like we know exactly like, okay, I need to take vitamin B6 and we can do that rather than just oh, they say to take this and I'm going to take it. Well, you, know, you might not need that. And so we, we supplement for a while and then we can retest in about six months to see if you, you know, you're know you back to normal. Um, but it's it's good for every person, especially a CrossFitter. There's some common things that show up on CrossFitters that um, you know make it harder to recover, make you more immune compromised, all that kind of stuff. And so that's probably my favorite test we do. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And if somebody wants more information and what are they what's the best way to figure that out you can go on our website or track me down um yeah. our website is core dash ctsm m as in man.com or just talk um, to you at the gym or just talk to me i'll probably talk you off <laughs> awesome so uh, I, I just felt like there's so much really cool things that y'all offer mm-hmm. and i just wanted at least to hear from you kind of the to unpack that yeah. and, and i know that there's a lot of people at the gym that are already going and, and learning about whether it's their DEXAs or the nutrition or the defic- the nutrient deficiency. So um, I think there's definitely going to be somebody who maybe is listening that's got something from what you just mm-hmm. shared or possibly is going to contact you to get more. So ha- how did you end up in this life like of health and fitness? Because you know, in order for you to be in this role, not just here at the gym as a coach, and but in this role at CORE where you're 
coaching people and, and helping them with nutrition and mm-hmm. you obviously have a passion for it so where did this start was it in when you were a kid or how, I mean have you always been healthy or fit or it's funny you ask that because I've tried to track it down and I just can't even get, remember when it started um, I've always been in sports like I knew I wanted to be a college athlete when I was like five I have a video when I'm two years old shooting a basketball with like a follow-through and my dad still cries <laughs> to this day that I didn't play basketball because I was like naturally shooting with a follow-through um, but I've always been involved in sports and then, um, you know, I was actually pre-med in college and wanted to go to med school. Um, and then decided that was not for me, but I was always fascinated by the body and how can we make it perform better? Um, and so I actually, I worked in ministry right out of school, um, and kind of wasn't really doing anything with it, but I was working out a lot. Um, you know, I finished playing college soccer and all of a sudden I was like, okay, I don't have a coach yelling at me to run and I don't have set workout times. I have to figure this out on my own and just started kind of playing with different types of fitness and then obviously with nutrition learning about the body and then it's just kind of it's just weird how it's just unfolded I mean it's it's God directing this path because I couldn't have never thought of this um and it's very much in what I love to do um so I mean I just I love all things with the body I think it's really cool how it was made I remember being in biology just being fascinated by how the cells were created and how they all function together synergistically but they all have their distinct role and it's like, no, you couldn't have thought of that. Like, that's amazing. And so I think we, there's a lot we can do to, to make that even better. And so that mm-hmm. excites me. So from every standpoint, you know, I always joke, I'm like, I have this like vision of like wanting to do exercise, sports performance and nutrition and biomechanics and like putting them all together. Like, let's make sure you're moving well. Let's make sure you're training right. And let's make sure you're eating well. Um, so so what type of ministries do you do right out of college? Uh, I worked for a fellowship of Christian athletes. And so I was um, in charge of soccer uh, in Houston, which was really, really broad. <laughs> but then I also ended up somehow being the U of H women's director, which is my, I went to Rice. So that's our big rival. So that was fun. Uh-huh. Um, but it was, that was really cool. Just getting to be in college ministry um, and just be around athletes. Again, I've always just loved sports and athletics. And that's kind of the language I speak. Um, and then somewhere in there, you got your personal trainer certification. Yeah, right? so I got my um, the, with the NSCA, the Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, yeah. um, and then this past spring got my CrossFit Level One, and then also have a nutrition cert as well. And I just I love learning. So and so, what would you say in your like? Was there ever a moment like you have you just always been healthy, like always been fit, or did you ever have a point where you're like, man, I, I'm letting myself go, or not really? No, I just have I always loved being active and. Um, I would, I mean, in college, I ate whatever I wanted. Let's yeah. be real. Like, yeah. I was, I was like, I'll play soccer. I'll run it off. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I didn't have the best nutrition and I didn't grow up with the best nutrition either. Um, I just always played sports. So I was always pretty fit. Um, obviously I was a center mid you had to run a lot. Um, and I mean, that's why I like the running workouts. Yeah. Uh, but it was just, I finished and I don't know what it was. It was in my head. I'm like, I have to figure this out on my own. And it just developed this passion. So it was never like I got to like, um, a weight I didn't want to be at, yeah. you know, I definitely wanted to like slim down from my soccer playing days. Cause there's like the soccer legs and it was fun not to, you know, and some athletes yeah. have that, like I worked out overload that I don't want to do anything, but I just love figuring it out on my own. Cause I think I was always told what to do. And now mm. I'm like, I'm an experiment. Um, and then, so that's kind of how I got to CrossFit cause I love the team atmosphere and I really missed that. Like I was working out at the gym by myself. I ran, um, you know, had all these things I was doing, but it's when I found CrossFit, I found that team. And where know. did you start doing CrossFit? My first workout was here. Um, Alex Nichols brought me uh, to a bring a friend week and we did 
power cleans, toe pole, and uh, med ball cleans, and I couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> we actually had like a 20-hour drive to Colorado, and like I had to like lift my leg to get out of the car because it was like death, and I was like, I have to do this again. <laughs> and then didn't really join a gym. We moved to Houston. We were in College Station randomly for the first time, and then we were back in Houston, and then we joined a gym in Houston uh, in the Spring Branch area and absolutely loved it. So when we moved back here, I was like, we were finding a gym. Um, we really just came here and – you know, I met, I think I met you and Shelby and I think Liz and Brian Fisher were the first people we met and we're like, yep, we're going to be here. And so, and so when you, what, what types of workouts were you doing before that CrossFit? Like the, uh, cause you were still circuit being creative. Training, yeah. yeah. Circuit training, you know, normal gym lifting, um, running, uh, like TRX type stuff. Um, but yeah. CrossFit was like nothing you well, were Well, I had a bad back. So I actually, in college, I had a really bad back. They almost medically DQ'd me. And they never let me do any type of lifting. So I didn't squat like once in college or deadlift or power clean or anything. I just sat on a leg machine. And so I was kind of in the thinking of, I can't do CrossFit. Like this is, I have a bad back. And what's actually really cool, I always love telling people when they say this, I'm like, I have, I've had an MRI since I started CrossFit and my back's gotten better. It's like because of the muscles they've actually developed to stabilize my core and I've learned how to lift and it's like I have a herniated disc that shrunk and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. That's great. <laughs> and so just by learning actual correct movement patterns and how I need a core to stabilize that and as long as I'm smart, like I can do everything and so that was really cool for me. And Did you have a period of time where you were really uncertain about the lifts or scared a little bit. When I came and did that power clean workout here, I think I put forty four I think I had fifty five pounds on the bar and was deathly afraid I was gonna <laughs> like blow up my back. Um, not too much. I'm I kinda just go for it. I'm stubborn. I'm like, oh I can do that. But And so what have you what do you think your CrossFit has taught you about yourself? That I can be strong. Like I think I'd kinda resigned to the fact that oh I, I can't ever do this stuff and it's just like, you know, I think learning for yourself and practicing and trying things and that something I never thought I'd be able to do like a deadlift because of my back um, mm -hmm. I can do fine and that's been really really neat and I think also on that just the power of doing it with people mm -hmm. I've just been I, I was I worked out at LA Fitness in Houston by myself and it was like I was a very motivated person I went I was that person that was there every day but it's nothing like coming here or coming to a CrossFit gym just because you have friends and you're working out with people and it's just phenomenal I think that atmosphere what it can do yeah and what um since you started crossfit i guess in spring and then did y'all do the open over there we did no that was um so we started like september of 2015 and then we moved back to college station week two of the open of 2016 did so i did one workout okay. there and then i did my first open the last four workouts here and I didn't know anybody, so I don't even remember. I think Girth was my judge. <laughs> like, I think it was like, I didn't know anybody. I'm like, can you judge me? Okay, cool. And how was that experience for you? It was a lot of fun. I think it was just, the Open here is just a really cool event. So that being, that like our first week was phenomenal. It was funny. I always tell people, my first class here, we thought, I was convinced it was a 5.30 p.m. start. And so we roll in at 5.30 p.m. <laughs> Ken's coaching. They start at 5.15. And he's like, who are these people? And it had double unders in it, which oh, Ken, Ken got a shout out. He hey, always Ken, loves the shout. Ken, you got a shout out. <laughs> and we were doing double unders, and we were pretty good at double unders. And he's probably like, "Who are these people? Like they're just rolling at five thirty. Uh, they're new. Probably didn't even sign yeah. a waiver." Um, but yes, yeah, so that was our first week, and we did the open here, and um, it was funny actually. It was the uh, that sixteen point four. I jacked up my back real bad, mm. and couldn't I couldn't do sixteen five. So in, in two thousand seventeen, I was really happy that it 
showed back up. You got to repeat. Oh, yeah. I did a lot better. And time. that was the 55 deadlifts, 55 yeah. wall balls, yeah. 55 handstand yeah. push-ups. I did it RX. RX that year, but it was probably I shouldn't have. Did that you way. RX? So are you basically at a point now where you're RXing all yeah. the workouts? Yeah. And And I think that is, for most people that start CrossFit, like... I think that's one of their goals is sometimes to be able to RX, mm-hmm. you know, especially starting. And there's people that start, like you're an athlete. So you kind of started, you were a college athlete, mm-hmm. you worked out, uh, but there was still a learning curve, mm-hmm. right? There was a period of time that you had to, how long did that take you probably to, not that you've got it all figured oh, out, but, still going. <laughs> but yeah. you know, um, where you can feel like, okay, I can get handstand pushups, yeah. I can get double unders, you know. Yeah, double unders was, we, we were doing that at Aerofit. And so you mm-hmm. got a lot of weird looks doing double hundreds at Aerofit. Um, but it just kind of, yeah, just consistency. It goes back even with the nutrition. It's like if you consistently come, you'll get better. And it's, I can't remember like an exact point, but all of a sudden there's one day I got handstand pushups. I remember a coach at our old gym. She's like, you have it, just try it. And I was like, oh, I do. Same with like pistols. And, and then the weight, you just keep doing it and you'll get stronger and you'll get stronger. And so it's fun now that like, you know, I see all the RX workouts are like, oh, there's not even really a thought. Like I'm strong enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part and so that's that's cool but i think it's just staying consistent with it um and all of a sudden you see that you get better and being okay to try things um i think is, is helpful you know mm-hmm. i think a lot of times early on i was afraid to do handstand push-ups and it's like just try it and then like oh yeah i can actually do this and so then you create confidence and just continue down that road when it comes to working out do you have like do you set goals for yourself in fitness or in working out or is it just kind of show up and be consistent in coming to the gym or do you have any aspirations in crossfit or i am super competitive <laughs> like i don't people have seen it I, i'd say people have definitely seen it. i'm extremely competitive so it's really hard for me to do anything without some sort of like long-term goal so i joke that those masters at 35 i'm coming for that i've got <laughs> six years um start i've got six years now. till i'm 35 so um, I've got plenty of time. I think it'd be fun to be good enough to be on a regional team like in a few yeah. years. Yeah. Um, I'm realistic with where I'm at. I'm like, okay, I still have to get stronger, and there's a lot of things I need to get better at. Um, you can't just do like 17.1 all day. Like, yeah. I'd be happy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> everyone else yeah. is like, why? I'm like, I just, for some reason, I can do that. Um, so, yeah, I would say I do. Yeah, that's I, right. I you crushed that workout. Just let me go. The dumbbell just let me, snatch. Let me do moderate weight and jumps. just let me burpee all day and run. I'll be happy. Yes, um, I remember that. Yeah, so I, I definitely would like to be good enough. Now, if it ever happens, I know that our, you know, maybe with us, like we're, there could be a family, yeah. you know, coming, so that that would change plans. But it'd be fun. I think. So you mentioned uh, strength. Mm-hmm. What are some other areas that you probably could work on? Gymnastics. gymnastics. Very much gymnastics. I Any mean, specific movements or um, all of them? All of them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten a lot better at handstand push-ups. Um, I have bar muscle-ups. Rings are like the thing that are just like the anomaly that are never going to come. It feels like <laughs> so. I'm like okay. They just, will, but I by consistently practicing them, I'm, I'm much closer. So yeah, just it's again, it's just a practicing. That's a skill. And same thing with lifting. The better yeah. I've gotten at just my movements with low weight, the better my lifts I've gotten. So what does skill work look like for you? Um, for just like for gymnastics, it's like ring kipping and keeping a hollow position and using my hips or a lot of strict stuff, um, ring dips, that type of thing. Uh, for handstands, just doing a lot of just practicing the handstand and the kip as well as just some um, like static holding dumbbells and just developing that strength for that. And then for weightlifting, it's just dropping the bar and doing, you know, perfect reps and making sure I actually open up my hips. 
And how often do you do skill work on those mm, movements? Probably four times a week. Wow. Um, I know yeah, you're always up here I'm doing stuff. Yeah. It's hard for me to shut it off. Yeah. Um, I probably should take more rest than I do, but I yeah. just, I, it's so much fun. Well, and, and I ask that because I know there's a lot of people that want to get mm-hmm. certain things and they want to, you know, improve in their skills. And, and I think it's important to know that, that, you know, we talked about it with Ken and Chris on that podcast. There you go, Ken. No shout out. Uh, we talked about and Chris. how, yes, and Chris, Chris always gets <laughs> shout out on podcast. And, uh, we talked about like wanting to, if you want to achieve, you want to accomplish these things, there's this extra effort that you probably need to put in. Yeah. And so it's the same with soccer growing up. Like I, I was definitely athletic. I think that was a gift I was given very athletic and good hand-eye coordination, but if I didn't work at it, like you just have to practice. And it's funny. I think we come in here and you're like, why am I not lifting this? Why are they doing that? I know I can beat them in some workouts. Why are they doing this? And it's, it's a skill and you have to practice it. It's, you know, as joke, you know, with Michael, like I'll go play golf with him and I'll get super like upset when I shank. He hates that word. I shank the ball (laughs) to the right. He goes, you haven't hit balls in a month. Why are you mad? It's the same thing. It's like, if we're never, if I don't go myself, I know I want to get a muscle up and I don't practice it. Well, I can't expect it to show up. So that's just put that on instant repeat right now. <laughs> there's, there's the coach coming out of no, me. It's, like, it's so yeah. true. So uh, since you started coaching, uh, which would have been like what, May, June, May, 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 how has that influenced you as an athlete yeah. in the sport? I think it's just made me think a lot more through the movements um, and how to approach workouts. You know, I think a lot of times we're like, I'm just going to go or I'm going to take it easy. And it's just like really strategizing and figuring out, okay, this is the workout. This is what it's intended to be. Like yesterday was a perfect example where it's a partner workout. You think, oh, I'm just biking and rowing. It's meant to hurt if you go. And so like knowing that and like having to prepare for that has been really fun. Um, and then just, I mean, from the coaching standpoint, just seeing how everyone responds to different cues is a lot of fun. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things. And it's almost like a puzzle. Like, mm-hmm. what can I do to help this person? And it's going to be different than this person. So Yeah. And so the question that I always ask people at the end of the podcast is, um, I, I bring up the title of the podcast, Building Better People, mm-hmm. which is you know something that you know is huge and I always like when I put comment on our coaches page and I hashtag it and it's just you know sharing the the life change right mm-hmm. the impact that we're making in the community with the people that are coming to the gym and who share with us some of the awesome stuff going on mm-hmm. you know since they started exercising or being healthy and how is that true for you for somebody like you who's really always been healthy kind of always worked out or um, so it's almost like you don't know what not working out is like, but 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 there's a reason you keep doing it that mm-hmm. probably is beyond just you know looking good, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or or it might be feeling good is a is a combination there. But what is how is living a healthy lifestyle, eating healthy, um, making you a better version of you? Yeah, I think. You know, we've, again, I talk a lot about the body and how I think it's so cool. And I think we've been given these bodies to steward. And I think we're meant to be active. I think we're meant to run around with our families and our friends and, you know, so, you know, put things in our bodies that's going to actually allow it to be fueled rather than like break it down. And so to me, being able to do that and be an example is, is huge. Um, it also gives me energy to be a good wife and a good friend um, and a good sister and daughter. And so, it's just part of who I am. And if I don't do it, I can tell. I can tell I'm not as energized. I'm not as friendly. 
Um, it's just kind of the thing that's just become part of who I am. And I think, you know, God's given me that desire and that passion. And so if I'm not going to operate in it, then I'm not going to probably be operating who he created me to be. I love that. And so what would you tell someone who is listening to the podcast that maybe is really struggling because I think you have a, a, a gift in nutrition and, and just teaching because you've been doing it now for a little while, who's really struggling with, like they got the working out part figured out. They, they, they really feel good about coming to the gym. But when it comes to eating, if they're honest, it's just, it's really not good. And it's starting to affect, you know, energy and the, mm-hmm. probably in the workouts, it's starting to affect the way they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you tell that person who has that challenge with nutritionally right now? Yeah, I would say try to find a bright spot. Is there anything that you do that you do that is good? You know, do you have water four times a day? Because that's big. Some people don't even drink water. So not getting so, so down and knowing that there is a way to come out of it. And I would say, again, going back to that one thing, like what's one thing I can do today? Is it I'm going to have a vegetable with my lunch and I think a lot of times we say let's take out all the bad food like no what what's something that we can add that's going to improve it rather than having the negative connotation of I can't have this what's the positive addition but I can have vegetables I can have a piece of chicken whatever that is so I would say just find one thing that you can do today that's easy obtainable you're gonna have high success rate and then do it and then do it the next day and then once you do it for like two weeks three weeks it's gonna be part of a habit and then you can move on from there and just you just by these small steps if you do that each day for a year you'll look back and be like holy cow i'm a different person thank you for tuning in today don't forget to subscribe to the building better people podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle